tailor-made Sue's Costco. <laughs> Do they have grounds? Is this a frivolous lawsuit, or does this thing actually have some teeth to it? What is up, everybody? How you living? No putts given. Tony's hat says it, so it's got to be true. That's what we're doing. Where, where do we get this hat, Tony? This looks like a, a middle-of-the-wall arrangement. It may be. I found this at the test facility. I think it was a one-off that somebody sent us. Was it like a kid's project for school or something? Or like, I don't know. I could don't have know. been one of those. Well, you know. Hey, big topic this week. We're going to talk about litigiousness in the golf industry, specifically our friends TaylorMade and uh, location where you buy five-gallon jugs of mayonnaise and my favorite uh, virgin olive oil. Um, we discussed that before. But and your hot tub, right? Your hot tub. And my hot tub. Hot tub. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, plus many, many other things which we'll get to. But before we get to that stuff, Wyndham Clark wins at Pebble. First signature event on the PGA Tour, $20 million purse. He gets, what, like $3.6 million? And I mean, you not can say... Not bad for three days' work. <laughs> not bad for three days' work. I was going to say he won the tournament, but he was just kind of more like it was. he was ahead when the tournament ended. It's a little bit different. It's uh that's how everybody wins though, right? You're ahead when it ends. Yeah, we yeah, we didn't lose. We were just behind when time ran out. Um so yeah, I mean a totally different format for Pebble this year, obviously being only 80 players, and thank God we didn't have to watch George Lopez or or uh some of these other other guys uh you know hack it up, which I get it. There's there's part of that that's fun. But anyway. Question for you, Tony. He shoots Wyndham, this being shoots a 60, could have very easily been a 58, 59, but it was lift clean in place. Does it still count yeah. as a course record? It shouldn't. It shouldn't. I mean, you know, all credit to Wyndham, but I know that when I play lift clean in place, I find advantages. So well, you can get a little something back here and there with lift clean in place. Everybody gets advantages. I I agree. So does that just mean like, hey, if you're playing, well, there's a reason some people call it lift, clean, and cheat uh, instead of lift, clean, and place, right? There's a reason some people call that. But should it be one of those things like, hey, it's lift, clean, and place today. Any records are off today. Can't get them. Can't get them. Maybe give it the asterisk, right? The the old Barry Bonds treatment, if you will, from from back in the day. Yeah, I mean, look, great round of golf. Appreciate it for what it is, but lift clean in place makes the, the course record piece a, a little dicey. Still, Here's my solution. A great round. Here's great my round. solution. Wyndham gets the course record. However, if somebody else shoots a 60, same score, and it's not lift clean in place, they kick him out. So he can have the course record, until somebody equals it without that asterisk, and then it's like tie goes to the guy to, that didn't play lift clean in place. Fine. Think that's fair. That's fine. You good with that? I don't care. <laughs> what about Joaquin Neiman? Do you care I, about Joaquin? I, I'm not gonna be. I'm not gonna be one of those guys who who feels like he got slighted when his course record didn't count the same. So really, nothing I need to worry about. You're okay with it. What about Joaquin Neiman? So uh, the 59 that became a 61. 
the 59 that then wasn't but was it 61 how many strokes did it cost him two one or two two since two. he doesn't know how to take a drop and which is partially an indictment apparently. well partially an indictment on on him partially an indictment on the rules of golf but before we get to that the story here joaquin neiman beat sergio garcia this was the first live event at mayacoba Perhaps interesting because you said the weather such that uh, the fourth round couldn't be played at Pebble Beach. Liv effectively had a golfing TV audience to itself. And there was a lot more chatter on the interwebs about the actual tournament than I... It was a good weekend for Liv, for sure. Good weekend. You know, I watched I watched three soccer games on Sunday, and I guarantee you, all of them were more interesting than any of the golf that took place. But you know, that's me. I get people are people are into it. They watch golf, whatever it is, right? And so, mm-hmm. when you're the only game in town, and your your product in terms of how it's presented, the fact that there aren't you know 45 minutes of commercials every hour, that kind of thing, is better. Yeah. Eventually the tide will turn, especially when you, you keep signing players like John Rahm and Terrell Hatton that, that just make it better to watch. Well, here, and, and my other takeaway was, was this was that, you know, last week we heard about this massive cash infusion, right? $3 billion into the uh, for profit entity of PJ Tour. And, you know, a lot of people are saying, hey, you know, I'm tired of of listening uh, about billionaires and millionaires fighting over who gets more millions. Like, like uh, I don't I don't relate to that. Max Honda came out and I love that he he said this. He's like, yeah, I hear you, but at some point it's only going to matter if it's if it's a better experience for the consumer for the viewers. And this weekend was a pretty good example. If anybody watched the live telecast, watch that. You'd be hard pressed to find four, five, six things that you didn't look at there and say, oh, let's say you don't even like the live format. I don't. Let's say that you don't necessarily like the foundation of what live was and is. I certainly don't. But I could pick out in four or five minutes a couple of things that be like, hey, that's better for viewing. That's better for a telecast. But but if you like watching professionals hit golf shots, for example. Right. Like just, let's say just to put it out there, right? <laughs> just, let's say you have this weird idea that you you're gonna watch a golf tournament because you want to watch golfers, best players in the world play golf. And something like, you know, north of forty five minutes an hour of actually watching golf would be kind of cool. How about fifty eight minutes an hour? How about the technology, the top trade, like the live scores, like expected score and results and things based on where they're at on the course. Like there's some really, really, really compelling features that it's amazing what you can do when you, when how you hope to recoup from your product is not from the product itself. They're not trying to get advertising revenue, right? They're trying to maybe monetize the teams, but ultimately this is, the payment is in boosting the profile for Saudi Arabia. That's ultimately what this is about, right? Call it sports, sure. sport, sports washing, whatever you want. It's about making Saudi Arabia more palatable. Right. It's, it's not about turning this into a cash cow. And yeah, if they can make a little money, great, but it's it's not the sort of the ultimate goal. Whereas mm-hmm. you, know, you look at what's happening with the with the PGA Tour and the Fenway Sports Group, those guys are going to want their money back. They're going to want to recoup money. They're going to want to make it profitable. Yeah. And I don't know how you do that 
when money is an object, right? It's not, it's not live where money is no object. PGA tour money is an object. The players want it. Right. The guys backing this thing want to get their money back. I don't know how you do that without sponsorship, without commercials, yeah. all of that stuff. It's, man, you know, maybe they'll find a way, but it's dicey. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Private equity isn't a charity. So they're going to want a uh, return on investment. If anything, uh, from what I've been told from some people I've, I've talked to, it's going to even be more of a heightened focus than than before because these people that are putting in this money again, they're not doing it out of the goodness of their hearts, right? It's not a a charitable contribution. They're going to want to see things that are profitable, and if things aren't profitable, they're going to be heavily scrutinized. And when things get heavily scrutinized, some of those things go away because they're not profitable. So. Yeah, I get it. Uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But uh, I said overall, it was a good weekend for Live Golf. If you're a Live Golf person, proponent, you're going to hold on to what happened this weekend as, as a good example of, um, you know, a lot of things that you think the product could and, and probably probably should be. Any other final words on that, Tony, or no? Feel good about that? It Nothing. is what it is. I love it. All right. Well, with that, we're going to toss over to HQ real quick. The headquarters of the team in Yorktown, Virginia. For those of you that didn't know, that is where our headquarters is. Tony's in upstate New York. I'm in Colorado, but the headquarters is in Virginia. So Bennett and team, what is going on there? All right. What's up, y'all? Thanks for coming back to HQ. I figured I'd update you about what's kind of been going on for the last five, six, seven days since we last caught up. So lots going on at HQ right now. It's a little quiet today. But that's because we finally finished up most wanted driver testing. That's right. Results are almost here. We're going to wait about a couple more weeks. We're almost positive that we know who won. Can't give you any hints yet, but maybe next week I'll give you a bit more of a teaser. TaylorMade, TaylorMade is suing Costco, uh, but we did go ahead and cut open those, those two irons. We've got the K-Sig right in half here, and also the P790, which TaylorMade said that they were inching a little too close to their little, uh, their little patent they had inside here. So what we ended up finding was that inside, we're not exactly sure if they do have a urethane insert. Um, TaylorMade was claiming that Costco was making some false claims about that. So we're gonna do a little bit more investigation on what Kirkland actually has inside. Um, you know, but obviously we were able to confirm that the foam uh, the foam insert was in the P790. So blade putter testing is still going on. We're going to roll right into mallets and hopefully by that time our new facility, which I mentioned last week, will be nice and open. Uh, we just got a package in from Students Golf. Um, I'm kind of vibing with this. It's a small, but we're feeling it. We're vibing it. Connor got some stuff in. We're going to be doing a piece on that. Ooh. Alumni, Alumni from what though? Don't know what I graduated from. Connor's got his master's, so. He's just doing a lot of talking. Also, I'm giving these Under Armour Phantom G's a whirl. Uh, Connor's got some in as of now, and uh, they're already out, but we're gonna do a little bit of a we tried it, see if they're worth your money or not. Another cool thing that I thought you guys might wanna see, so we were talking with Wedgeworks, and we ended up getting some custom wedges sent over, those brand new SM10s, looking pretty sweet. These are Rob's, so he went with the lucky number 13 uh, with that pretty sweet stamping. So you got the, look, uh, the clover, 
and then the green 13s all over that matte black finish, which I'm a fan of, but mine are at home for some safekeeping. Most wanted testing season, you'll be getting your hybrids, your fairway woods, your irons are coming up next, and obviously we're gonna be heading over into our new facility, um, which will make testing a lot quicker and a lot more efficient, so we're super excited about that. So I mentioned last week that Connor is started on our bag testing, and we went over to the storage unit this morning, and we're upwards of about 50 bags right now, waiting to get tested, so that's over three different categories, but the one that I'm most excited to see is definitely going to be the ghost bags, which I have right here. It's a little on the heavier side, but they are going for a premium price. I won't lie. Uh, but question for you. I have my thoughts. I have my thoughts. And I know you do too. Yes or no? I vote no, but I want to hear from you. That many dividers, totally not necessary. Anyways, I'm going to toss it back to you, Chris, and we will see you next week. Thank you, Bennett. Thank you, team. Always interesting to see what's going on behind those doors. Let's talk some equipment stuff, Tony. Is Callaway Golf, talking golf balls specifically here, the new gold standard? You wrote an article about this. Tell me about that. Yeah, it's kind of an interesting piece we wrote, looked at the you know, kind of turned into sort of a, a past, present, and future look at Callaway's golf ball business going back to when Chrome Soft hit the market. And that's kind of where everything, I guess you could say, started anew for Callaway. It's, it gets lost in the details, but it's, it's when Callaway started to get serious about its golf ball business. And so if you look at, I mean, for the, for the longest time, you know, what did people say about Titleist golf clubs or you know, Titleist in general, right? They're a golf ball company that also makes clubs. Right, and, right. And you look at Callaway, where they were, and you could arguably say the same thing about TaylorMade going back, you know, several several generations of golf balls as well. These were, these were club companies that also made golf balls. And so we kind of look at, you know, how the decision was made or, or kind of, I guess you'd call it a fateful decision to, to launch ChromeSoft in the way that they did. And kind of propel them mm -hmm. to where they are today and, and the consequences of that decision and, you, and, and primarily right when you lean very heavily into chrome soft soft in general it, it's very difficult to to have a serious conversation with a better golfer you know that that tour ball space where pro v1 pro v1x tp5 tp5x sit uh, callaway struggled in that spot we've talked about it before market share for for ChromeSoft X and ChromeSoft X LS combined with the last report below 3%. Right. So, right. so that's really what this, this whole idea of a new gold standard is all about is you know, reaching, reaching that tour player that it, or tour ball player that it hasn't. You know, it's a large part of the market, certainly in, in terms of dollar share, it's huge. So, you okay. know, I know a lot of people say, Oh, you know, nobody plays that balls, those balls. Look at a market share report. Uh, you'd be surprised. Right. Yeah. You sell a lot of dozens of super softs, but the money, the money is made in the tour side. And that's a spot where, where Callaway has not been a strong player. Uh, at least, you know, they, they haven't had a product that resonated with kind of the golfer in that space. And so again, new gold standard is, is all about, you know, a ball, a product line that they say is, is the best on the market, a new gold standard, if you will. Yeah. And, you know, I think, and people will link to the article because there's a lot more in the article than we have time to get get to in, in here. But, you know, certainly nobody's been more critical of, of Callaway and ball production stuff than than we have in, in the past. And and that's fine. And that's one thing. But my biggest question is, 
you know, in terms of what you've seen, you've seen the inside and outside of every golf ball, probably pretty, pretty much every golf ball that's uh, that's worth discussing on the market. What's your level of confidence like in terms of, you know, because fundamentally when a lot of people buy stuff, whatever, it comes down to trust. Do I trust that I'm getting a product that's worth the price that I'm paying for it or whatever? What's your level of trust right now today with Callaway as a golf ball franchise, specifically this tour category? So we're not talking super soft and, and stuff like that, but they're top tier. So first of all, we know looking at, you know, our past two robot tests, for example, we tell you Chrome soft X performs really well. It's, you know, maybe it's spinnier than I need for sure, which makes it spinnier than a lot of guys needs. It is a, on the spinnier side, and that's where kind of Chrome Tour comes in now. But it's it's a very high-performing golf ball. So we've seen that they can make product that perform the quality. My perception there is that it's improving. And so, like, you know, we, we've seen improvements from each generation to the next. It's been almost two years because we, we try and get these into Ball Lab as quickly as we can. So they were they were measured early after release. And so it's been mm-hmm. effectively two years since we last measured Callaway urethane golf balls made at the Chicopee plant, right? All these qualifiers. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm curious. I don't know what we're going to find, but I expect, you know, that they, they will be better. To, to what extent they're better, I don't know. But, you know, I think... If you look at the last release, how those not you know, pretty much everyone, all three of the models were in that certainly in the average to maybe slightly above average in some cases. And so, you know, by definition, right, most things are average. We've talked about this. And so right. and they weren't for a while. They certainly weren't. They were a below average quality golf ball company. That's mm-hmm. fair to say. So I think we've we've gotten to the point now where there aren't any you know significant reasons to to avoid playing a Callaway ball. But. You know, as I talked about in the interview and talking to Eric Loper in particular, Cowboys uh, head of golf ball R&D, they understand like you're fighting a lot of history. And so if if you give sure. me a product that's only as good as what I'm playing now, I'm, I'm probably going to revert to the history that I have playing that other product. And that that's typically how things have worked in the golf comp- uh, golf ball category. So it's, it's not just, you know, a new product, a better product. It's It's really... How do you go about overcoming history to an extent, which is it's kind of a wild way to think about it, but it is, it turned out to be a really interesting conversation I had with those guys. Yeah. The other thing that I took out of there just real quick is that for the first time, you know, like you said, getting serious about the better golfer, um, this is arguably its best case that it's willing to do that. And if you just look at, before right performance spec wise they didn't have anything that really went head to head against pro v1 and which is which is remarkable right because and it's not like i will tell you for example a tp5 and and it's probably the the closest comp right tp5 isn't really like a pro v1 a bridgestone tour bx isn't really like a tour a pro v1 if you want to look closely and so there it's they're not a lot of absolute direct one-to-ones but Sure. Like, you know, kind of in the ballpark, if you will, for especially somebody who's not going to really be super discerning about every nuance of flight and spin and things like that. Mm-hmm. Hell, didn't even have anything in that like kind of sort of maybe a little bit like <laughs> right. a pro view. Really nothing not a- at all in that category and not since you'd have to go back to speed regime. I think, you know, we, as I mentioned in the article, right, the, uh, a product called Chrome Speed 
that was right. supposed to launch alongside Chrome Soft, but you know, inside did. inside the walls of Callaway, everything was Chrome Soft, Chrome Soft. They just, you know, they realized that, you know, their employees, this was the one that everybody was kind of taking to. And mm-hmm. so Chrome Speed hit the hit the dust heap uh, before yep. ever hitting store shelves. And that that really would have been that's how far back you would have had to go to find something like a Pro V1, you know, some some prototypes Ish. on tour here and there, but in yeah. terms of what was on shelves, you really have to but go now, with the machine. But now it is, you know, it is their intention, and I appreciate them being direct about this. They're not beating around the bush. They're not saying, mm-hmm. well, it's, it's like, nope, we are coming after this. Now, again, it's always nice to be the standard against which everybody else is measured. That's let's, let's not pretend like for a second that, <laughs> that, that the bar or the goal or anything or any market dynamics are, are changing significantly uh, in that regard. But Callaway saying, Hey, this is, if you're a pro V one player, we want you to try this. If you're one X, we want you to try this. And like you said, it can't be as good because you're going to revert back to what you're comfortable with. So is it, I mean, is that Callaway's position that this is better? That is, that's, that's what they're saying. In fact, I, uh, you know, I sent, I sent one of the guys a text on Friday and that's when the ball hit retail. So I was like, Hey, how does it feel to finally be able to play a ball like a pro V1? Cause I'm a wise ass. And, uh, his response uh-huh. was, you know, I'm playing one better. So, you know, certainly they, they like what they have. Uh, yeah, it's the beauty of it, right? The no, it's the old Nike axiom. Maxim, excuse me, like consumer decides. So, you know, it's, it's ultimately up to golfers to decide which is better. Um, Yep. Certainly we'll, we'll put everything through the test like we always do, but yep. Golfers decide. That's the beauty of it. All right. One word to describe. So I'm going to give you a situation here. You're going to, what word to you best describes Lexi Thompson signing a ball deal with max fly that is wild just Your word wild. is wild okay That's why wild. is it wild why I mean, wild you think about like again like we uh, max fly i'm telling you really good ball foremost made you know made it a good factory consistent habitually you now three generations among the best we've tested so in terms of quality it makes sense but we are talking about a, a known commodity, an LPGA tour player who's had a you know, pretty long run with Bridgestone entering into a, uh, a sponsorship deal with a big box retailer who just happens to make a golf ball. So they, yeah, that's wild, man. That is absolutely wild. It is wild. My word for it is confirming. And the reason I say that is a lot of people through this, I'm guessing there's still going to be a number of people that will find out about MaxFly and the golf balls. This may be the first time they've heard about it. Or right to the degree that Lexi gives it credibility or additional exposure, people are going to find out and figure out what we've known for the last, like you said, couple generations. So to me, it's confirming in that it validates in some way all the testing that we've done what we've known and talked about internally for some time and what we've heard back from consumers over and over and over and over is that maxfly makes a damn good ball and that's not uh particularly surprising to those of us that already knew that but 
It is wild. It's still wild, man. That's yeah, big box sporting goods retailer. And you wonder, like, I'm trying to think. All right, she's still under contract with Cobra Puma. Is this is this a one year gap where she plays Maxfly for one year and then it's a, mm-hmm. a big full package deal with TaylorMade or Titleist or Callaway or one of those? Or is this let's let's run out the clock on the on the Cobra Puma deal and you know assuming she doesn't re up with Cobra Puma right that's certainly a possibility sure but does she go like is she full ambassador full bag from Dick Sporting Goods where it's like you know hey I I play what's best for me and I can and you can get it at Dick's you play what's best for you get it at Dick's whatever whatever it happens to be and be your own brand she could right this there out. You go. what if it's, what if we've said too Lexi could be the official golfer of most wanted testing test what's best for you put it in a bag See, like play small it. piece of it but the D- Dick Sporting Goods is kind of changing, right? You tend to think of of big box retailers as having like just yeah, right down the middle, nothing else. But we're seeing them like the the Jordan Lowe's, for example, a great example of like getting into these you know trend limited edition type stuff and thinking like, hey, I can get all of that at a big box retailer now. So again, wild may go nowhere, or maybe Lexi's part of something bigger. I don't know, but it's uh. You know, we're certainly going to be talking about it this time next year, I think. This is this is not over with. Let's stay in the ball category here for a moment. And we know that, you know, we're on an off here, if you will, for Titleist franchise. So talking Pro V1, Pro V1X stuff, there's no news there anticipated this year, obviously. We've said Callaway. We know that. Obviously, we talked about that. Talking about Bridgestone, we saw some of that last week. The calendar would suggest that TaylorMade should have something new out as well. So, scale can of 1 confirm, to 10. Yes. Can confirm. <laughs> scale of 1 to 10. How important is this ball release for TaylorMade? Not for you or me, but looking at it from TaylorMade's perspective, how big yeah, of a deal is this for them? Biggest ever, I think. Ten. That's yeah. That that's I think where we're at because again, it's been three years. Start there, right? This current generation TP5, TP5X, three year release cycle, which is almost unheard of in the ball category, and a good bit of the reason for that is. You know, we've, we've talked about all the upgrades Callaway has made, right? You know, investments in yep. the factory. Well, you know, TaylorMade made a sizable investment in a factory in so much as it bought one since the last <laughs> one was released. So they, they bought a factory outright. They essentially had a foresight that they've taken, as I understand it, pretty much full control over a second factory or piece of a factory. You know, I, I don't know the exact specifics there, if I'm being honest, but basically control, total control of a, a production line there in addition to the Nassau plant or what was Nassau in Korea. We've talked about before how they completely redid the range at the kingdom for ball testing, mm-hmm. state-of-the-art indoor test range inside their, their headquarters at Carlsbad. So mm-hmm. it hasn't been talked about as much, but TaylorMade is another company that's made a tremendous investment in golf ball design, R&D, whatever you want to call it, over the last three years. And so, you know, I think I think it's yeah. not a shock me to say based on our tests and we tested the the current one twice. Like there were some issues with that ball. I, I would go mm-hmm. so far as to say it's one of the rare products that I would argue was not as good as the one that came before it. And so there, there's, in my estimation anyway, in my opinion, some makeup to do there. But mm-hmm. 
they have all the tools in place to do that. So I think, yeah, I think this is, this is an important one for TaylorMade. And again, like this is in, in a year which Titleist does not have a new Pro V1, Pro V1X, like this is the time for, for challenger brands and even TaylorMade and Callaway are challenger yeah. brands in the ball category to, to try and make a move and make some noise. So kind of yeah, an exciting year in that respect. It's, it's absolutely a 10 in terms of importance to them because of exactly what you just said, which is, you know, just look at it from the market dynamic standpoint. Like you said, this is the year that if you want to gain meaningful market share in the tour ball category, whether it's going from 3% to maybe 5 or 6 like you said, uh, talking about Callaway. But if you want to take a chunk, find that growth, this is your year to do it. So this is the opportunity. Right. And it's this year. And and like I said, it's been a three year wait since the last ball, which, again, I would agree with you, wasn't to me as good as the ball that was before. There were a number of issues with the current generation of that ball. So not only is there a huge performance opportunity there, but if you don't go and get this market share now or have a very compelling story for golfers right now for that ball, it ain't going to get any better next year. No, next so, year gets harder. This next is, year, this is as just, easy as it is. This is as easy as it gets right here. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, so this is your chance. This is significant, and we're still talking about golf balls. I did not know this, Tony. You wrote an article, uh, asked my golf spice stuff, for talking about the new AVX from Titleist. A couple questions that popped up in there that I thought might be interesting. What does AVX actually stand for? It's funny, like I had never asked, and it was one of those like, huh. <laughs> a couple of people asked a question. I was like, let me let me reach out and find out. And you look at it, I go, yeah, that makes sense. AVX is the alternative to the Pro V1 and Pro V1X. So alternative yeah. to V and X, if you will. There you go. Yeah, it's like when I figured out, like Lexus was, you know, luxury exports to the U.S. That's how Toyota came up with it. I didn't know that. I didn't know it either. I was like, huh, that totally. My life is not better for it, but. No, mine, but you know, it's something. It's something. So ultimately, you know, like I said, we found out, you know, obviously they moved this one to being performed, to being, um, you know, made in ball plant too. This was the other. Why? Why? Because we dug into this a little bit more. Why did they change? and, and, And why should any golfer care about why they changed where it's made? Well, I don't know that you should, and I don't know that you shouldn't. And that's kind of one of these things, right? The the significant change is moving from a cast urethane cover to a TPU, aka injection molded urethane. So still yep. urethane, a little bit different process, more in mm-hmm. line. Like it's the same process Callaway uses, same process Bridgestone uses. So it's not, yep. you know, we're not out in left field or like on an island yeah. or anything like that. So yeah. it, it's going to be interesting to see if, any golfers notice or care or say, Hey, I like the the old one better around the green. I feel like it did X, Y, and Z and that it, you know, can that be attributed to the cover? I don't know. Again, classic case of consumer decides, but in terms of the why every ball company right now would love to have more capacity. Mm -hmm. And so with Titleist taking tour speed out of the lineup, freeing up capacity at ball plant two, Let's shift AVX to ball plant two. That gives us ball plant three, where we make Pro V1, Pro V1X, and left dash with more capacity. And you're going to see this is the year 
what you're going to see from Titleist this year in a in a second year of Pro V1 and Pro V1X, they're going to talk about left dash a lot more, I think. So you're going to see kind of a push towards left dash, which, you know, I think most people watching this are familiar, watching, listening, know what left dash is. But the marketplace as a whole, it's it's entirely possible that, you know, more than half of the golfers who stumble upon Pro V1, Pro V1X on a, on a shelf at a Dick Sporting Goods or PGA Superstore have never, ever noticed the left dash. Mm-hmm. And part of that may be like it hasn't been on every shelf. It hasn't right. always had the inventory kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I think I think it's probably a capacity play, and, and primarily with a means to to not only keep everybody fully stocked with Pro V One and Pro V One X, but also energize Left Dash. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and again, other questions if you want to go read through that because I think that's particularly interesting. But on to our main topic. We're going to spend the last chunk of time. Diving into sometimes what's a little bit of the underbelly, not the fun, sparkly, happy, rainbows and unicorns part of golf industry stuff every day. But sometimes companies sue each other. Sometimes (laughs) companies, you know, have a product. they, They fly a little too close to the sun and get those wings burnt a little bit. And that's exactly what happened. Last week, when TaylorMade filed suit against everybody's favorite mayonnaise, five-gallon mayonnaise producer, Costco. Yeah, man. What did they actually sue them over? What What is the brief actually? I mean, it's sort of like broad, but like patent infringement a little bit, and then false advertising, which may be tied in. And it's, you know, who knows? It's just a noise for now, but noise potentially headed to court. Uh, in welcome to, to the what? golf industry again. Costco. I mean, this you know they got into a tit for tat with Titleist over the the first the first generation. I believe it was even the four piece, right? Golf ball. Yeah. And uh, you know, here we go again with TaylorMade over. Hey, these are uh, in our minds somehow too similar to our P790. So we're talking irons, right? We're talking the Costco, the Kirkland irons, which again, we're talking injection, uh, some type of a right hollow cavity. Mm-hmm. Urethane molded, molded urethane insert, right? That's. I mean, what's interesting, right, is right when the irons came out, it's like, man, a lot of people said it. You know, oh, those look like the TaylorMade P790s. Like, geez, these look a, 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 a lot like that, right? And there's a company, Indie Golf, in, in Southern California that has made other stuff for, for Costco that also does, you know, other um, – you know, makes manufactures other other golf equipment, but yeah. And here's another interesting twist, right? TaylorMade, when it created the <laughs> P790, was sued by. Yeah, PXG went after PXG. them over the original P790, which they said infringed on 0311, and that was settled. And we're not entirely sure. I have my own theory as to who got the better of that deal. Um, who did? Who do you think got the better of that one? I, I, my 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 hunch is that PXG came out ahead on that one, just kind of in, in some of the things that were said, kind of the way things were worded. But I I don't know that for a fact. You know, everybody is super tight lipped about anything that has to do with uh, you know the court cases and and legal stuff. But uh huh, yeah. uh huh. So I don't. It's just that's kind of a between the lines read if you will but mm-hmm. um it's interesting because you wonder like did costco know how litigious 
this industry is. We've joked about this, how how every company has a legal department and it just seems like once a month or or potentially even more often, they have to fire off a letter to somebody else's legal department because it, I feel like it just like it makes them justify why they have jobs. And so it goes back and forth and round and round. And it's kind of a running joke about legal departments firing notices and, and letters back and forth. And so much of it you never, ever hear about because it doesn't get to this level. It's just kind of like, a, again, almost like a warning or, hey, we see you. We don't know that that's all right, you know, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, I mean, that's just part and parcel of the golf industry. The other, the other piece of this that I I find interesting and where Costco, again, I have no idea if they knew what they were getting into or not. Um, uh, as far as the golf, the litigiousness, but the other thing too, that goes on a lot in the golf equipment industry is, is some horse trading where somebody will be like, Hey, you violated my patent. And they'll be like, all right, you know, I guess we did. And then yep, like, you right, me. Well, instead of <laughs> instead of turning this into a huge court public monetary thing, it's like, all right, you, you borrowed a little bit of our technology. So how about you just let us borrow a little bit of yours and we're cool. And so you get that. That's happened all the time through the years as well, where, you know, it's it's a literal give and take to an extent or, mm-hmm. or take and then give. But however you want to look at it. So that happens, too. And again, if you're Costco, you've got nothing that from an IP perspective that anybody in the golf industry wants. Like, uh, you know, I'm not really interested on the, uh, Can the, I cover get you? Your, <laughs> yeah. the cover technology on your factory ball that spins a lot and is terrible in the wind. I'm not right. I don't really need harder for that. So, right. Uh, yeah. They're, they're kind of up against it there. So this will, it'll be fun what if to we, see. What out. if we sent you a couple pallets of rotisserie chickens every, you know, every <laughs> month, <laughs> you know, like maybe, you know, I mean, I guess that, you know, in terms of what do we think is going to happen with this? That's the, they said, these things get solved a million different ways. A lot of times they never see the light of day. Sometimes it is a, hey, you have to pull them off the shelves. Um, and okay, fine, whatever. They go back, Costco goes back, retools, figures out exactly where they flew too close to the sun, tweaks it, changes it, whatever. And, now they come back to a, you know, say, okay, yep, we did it. Now we have the new uh, irons that look pretty much exactly like the old ones, mm-hmm. but we tweaked a couple things so that now we aren't violating at all whatsoever. And choop, away we go. It's, it's interesting to me that if you look right, it's the headline is TaylorMade sues Costco. The, the bit, the rest of it is, and the Southern California design firm that that helped produce the irons for Costco. So Costco's obviously the big guy in this conversation, but TaylorMade also went after the smaller guys that played. It, it appears like a significant role in, in helping Costco bring these irons to market. Little ripple here, that that company is run by a former Callaway golf employee. Oh, really? Uh, <laughs> uh, that's what I was told. So, yeah, it's... Uh, yeah. So, yeah. but again, small. It's it's a it's a very very small industry that that Costco has tried to infiltrate and kind of as the the disruptive force. Mm-hmm. No idea to what extent the 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 lawsuit by TaylorMade is is justified, reasonable, warranted, accurate, whatever you want to call it. Sure, but I mean it's pretty clear. Like Costco is an intruder in the golf industry, for better or worse. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
obviously some value for golfers, which is good, but certainly seen as an intruder by, by the established brands. And yeah, you're going to, you're going to fight that with everything you can just like, again, there was back and forth with Titleist over the first golf ball. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're, we're just seeing it again. And I suspect, I suspect any time that, that Costco comes to market with a, a seriously disruptive product, if that IP isn't buttoned up really, really tight, it's going to happen over and over and over again. So, you know, here we go. Yeah. I mean, particularly if they want to do it, like I said, under kind of their own private label, you know, as a Kirkland signature brand, as opposed to, you know, we saw this before, right? At, at big box retailers where companies would make more or less a lesser version of an existing product as a private label kind of for that particular Samsung TV is a Best Buy kind of deal. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So is that a way around it potentially? Who knows? Um, but again, I found it fascinating though, right? Cause we have anytime we, we publish a new, a picture of a new iron, a new, anything get a hundred guys that are like, Oh, that looks like blah, blah, blah. They ripped that off from this. And yep. as soon as we, you know, those same guys, as soon as we cut the irons open, like they don't look anything the same. How can Taylor, they don't look anything alike. <laughs> I'm like, you know, oh, it's because patents are patents are, are written so broadly, so vaguely that you can you can cover a lot of things and, and make it very difficult. All I saw when we saw, you know, mm-hmm. check out the cutaways. We posted a video on Instagram. Mm-hmm. If anything, I looked at the, that Costco iron and go, Ooh, that is that is a, not a good design when you look at how thick that face is. And then you've got the uh, you got the stuff behind the face that's going to keep it from from flexing even more. Mm-hmm. And it, it's no wonder why the lofts are, are kind of strong and they fly low and all that stuff. Yeah. Like, trying to get speed out of uh, a player's, dis- player's distance design that when you kind of take a look under the hood doesn't really look like a player's distance design. No, thick face, a lot of, uh, like I said, a lot of insert in there. And again, depending on how close. Is it an insert? Well, is it? Well, I don't, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't is know. It, we'll, we'll have is to it wait. injection molded? Is it Could your be. thing? Is it an insert? Know. What's it your just... thing? You tell me. I don't, you know, all we know for sure, the only thing we can say for sure is the same thing we can always say, which is the lawyers will win. They will get oh, paid. They will justify so... their you know, retainers or whatever, and they will beyond that. I have no idea. (laughs) I have no idea what's going to happen, but uh, you know, there's probably, we could do episodes on the best and worst, uh, you know, pieces of legal filings and briefs in the industry or who sued whom over what and, Oh, there's okay. stories, yeah. right? Like there's, and, again, so many times where it's just like, well, we didn't like that, so we're going to fire off a letter. And like, we don't, you know, there's no there's no firm ground to object, but hey, we've got lawyers and we, they need something to do. So yeah. fire away. We've <laughs> gotten we've gotten a couple of those letters over the years. Every now and again. Yeah. Every now and again. If you want to get one quickly, just, you know, do something that says like the masters or, you know, not even, I mean, not even that, but just use yellow and green and whew, be yeah, careful. Can, they can, will, as long as you don't say the masters or use the low, you know, what? I will say, I mentioned this like they sent us a letter to the masters, day, but they it was super polite, like southern hospital, as you'd expect, as you'd expect. <laughs> like, it was like, hey, you know, could you please so that we don't have to blah blah? I'm like, oh, yeah, all right. 
And we yep. looked and said, right. huh, my bad. Oh, we didn't mean to, but that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, we didn't get to the <laughs> angry, fine. angry status. Anyway. We didn't get to TaylorMade at Costco level of. Uh, we did not get there. We no no get Southern there. hospitality there. All right. Last question of the day. It is waste management open week, Tony. Give me a winner. Who's going to win this? I don't, I don't even know. Like they keep just dropping out of the field. I saw like I know. Hovland's out. Xander Shoffley's out. I don't know I who's know. left. I don't know. Who's like left? another 155 people or something like that. Is Max Homa playing? Let's go with Max. Sure. You like the Max just man? Cause. Just yeah, for no good reason at all other than Max. It was just, okay. yeah. Right. Why not? All right. I like Justin Thomas this week. I just got a feeling. Who knows? He'll probably drop out too. <laughs> so. I just feel like it's... <laughs> It just feels too rowdy for Justin Thomas. I don't know. <laughs> too rowdy for his buttoned-up Grayson. Exactly. Exterior and things. I don't know. I think he'll get into it with Greg. We'll see. Anyway, if you have questions, comments, find us, follow us, Golf Spy T, Golf Spy C. No puts given. We out. Mm-hmm.